Um, as Family Church, we've been in this series of prayer, and um, I don't know about you, but I have just been so encouraged um, and blessed. You know, five hours of prayer. You know, you take me back a few years, and I would have thought five, five, five hours of prayer. I'd sooner be in bed asleep. I, I, I would I'd pray with my eyes closed. <laughs> Lord, Lord, you know, but I'd pray with my eyes closed. Um, if someone had said you, you'll be in, I, I would say this last Friday night has got to be, I'd say within the top five, possibly the top two, maybe even the top best prayer meeting I have ever been in in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I remember being in a prayer meeting with Reinhard Bonnke when we were believing for um, the... Um, for the booklets to go out across the nation, minus to plus booklets, some of you would remember those, and they went all across the nation and, and across the world, and I was over at Southampton, and we were having a prayer time that went on for several hours. Um, that was really good and powerful, um, and some of my prayer times that I've been in in Africa when I was in Ghana, and when I've been in Hasla when it was a detention center, those are incredible, passionate, and powerful times of prayer, but so, uh, Friday night was just amazing. Got home I don't know, what was it about half past quarter one? I was still buzzing at quarter two, two o'clock. I was thinking, Lord, I need to go to sleep. Um, but we, uh, we were up at, I don't know, we had the grandchildren the next morning. It's like, <laughs> what a day to have the grandchildren. Anyway, it was great. Um, and we're going to do another one. Uh, the, the next one we're going to do is 24-hour prayer, uh, where each person will take an hour, an hour slot throughout that 24 hours, and pray during that uh, during that one hour that you take, um, just to have a prayer wall going around the house of God. And then what we're going to do is see if we can make that a monthly thing, and then uh, probably a bi-monthly or quarterly, uh, we'll come together and make the, the, the five-hour, half-night of prayers. Um, and it, I don't know about you, the Bible, Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. And if we want to see gospel moved by the power of God, and we want darkness to... to, to Find its, find its rightful place under our feet. We've got to pray, and we've got to pray, and we've got to pray and see that breakthrough. If we want to see our loved ones come back to the Lord, we've got to pray and pray and see that happen. If we want to see a move of God and revival break out in our town, we've got to pray and pray and see that happen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven... And I will move and answer their prayer. Amen. Exciting. That's not what I'm preaching today, though, but I am preaching on prayer. So, firstly, prayer is a privilege. Firstly, we need to remember, prayer is a privilege. It gives us an ability to communicate with God day or night at any time in our life and go before him in prayer. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the ruler of heaven and earth, we can have fellowship with him in prayer. Not asking for things, not telling him what we need and what we want, but actually rubbing shoulders, if you like, with God saying, you are awesome. Hallowed is your name. How wonderful are you, Lord. Thank you that you gave me breath. Thank you that you've given me life. Thank you that you've given me friends. Thank you for all that you're doing. Do you know what? I love the fact that Emma is a thanker. 
She thanks God and thanks God. We've been thankers for years. We can pray and then believe, but we just continually reinforce it with thankfulness. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're breaking out. I, I, we've prayed for what we're seeing here in our congregation over the last few months. It's come through prayer. We've seen this day before we've experienced it. Why? Because we prayed about it. We wanted a breakthrough. We wanted something to move. We wanted there to be a shift in the heavenlies so that there would be freedom here in the church to worship and honor him. So first and foremost, prayer is a privilege. But it's also an opportunity. If we look at prayer first off being a privilege... But then, and also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see the power of God move. It's an opportunity to come before God and intercede on behalf of others. It's an opportunity to stand in the gap and say, I'm not going to give up praying. I'm going to stand in the gap between heaven and earth. It is a privilege, but it is also an opportunity. And I believe each one of us need to take hold of those things in our life and say, I'm going to take hold of the opportunity and the privilege of prayer. We can see breakthroughs and strongholds destroyed in people's lives because it's the power of prayer. Constantly just chipping away at that stronghold in somebody's life. Constantly bringing them before God and saying, God, have your way. Move in might and power. Move in, in strategies. Move in ways that, that only you can break through in their life. Prayer, prayer transfers, transforms, transfers, transmits, whatever. You're here praying. God is in the universe. God is out there, but God is also here. God is hearing our prayers. He's pray, as we pray, he's moving 2,000 miles away in the hearts and the lives of someone that you're praying for in gospel. That's the power of prayer. Just as those disciples were in the, in, the, in the room praying for Peter, he happened to be in prison. As we pray for Andrew this morning, he may be in prison, but we're praying here. The Spirit of God is not limited by bars. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He's not limited by, by distance. When we prayed here, God was moving on Andrew's life there. I absolutely, and I know you do as well, I absolutely believe it. And this morning, I wanted to share some thoughts about the prayer language or the prayer languages that God has given us. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the power, the presence, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our life. When we pray, and we pray in languages, it doesn't mean that we have to pray in English or twi or chi or kukuyu. Or whatever language it is that you speak. And it's not quite... How's it go? Tweet-tweet. <laughs> you're having fun with me, Grace. Just because you're one year older. <laughs> whatever language that we may speak. Cockney London. When we pray, there are languages in which we can pray. And as we allow the languages of our heart, the languages that God has given us, the language of heaven that is within us to pray, power is released in his house. And I don't want you to sit there right now and shut your mind and think, well, I'm not Pentecostal, but I love this church. Or I, I've never spoken in tongues and I don't believe in it. Or I don't believe this and I don't believe... 
I want you to open your heart to the word of God this morning and let the word of God and the Holy Spirit bring truth to your heart. Is that fair enough? So, here we go. Praying in a prayer language given to us by the Holy Spirit. Each one of us can speak to God. And when we do, it's called prayer. Speaking to God. See, very often people think praying is, is doing the Lord's Prayer, or praying is, is Lord help me, or praying is, you know, I don't know what else to do, but God, I, I, I trust you. But actually, prayer is communicating. It's having that relationship with him. And as family church, we believe praying not only with our understanding, but we believe in praying in the things or with the things of the Spirit active in our life. Praying with the Spirit and praying with our understanding. And there is a twofold area, and I want to show you through Scripture how true that is. Paul spoke about these two areas in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15. And this is what Paul had to say to the church in Corinth. He says, then what am I to do? I will pray with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. And I will pray with the mind using words I understand. I will sing with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. And I will sing with the mind using the words that I understand. This passage absolutely makes it so clear. So we can pray with our understanding and we can sing with our understanding. We've done that this morning. I'm speaking now with my understanding. But he's also saying we can pray in the Spirit through the Holy Spirit that is within us. We can also sing in the Spirit through the Holy Spirit that is now in us. Paul is making it very clear there are two distinctions. We can all pray with understanding. If you know a need and you're praying into that, you can pray with head knowledge. I know that this is going on in your world. I know that this is a situation that you're believing God to turn around. And we can pray with our understanding. But there are times when our understanding is unclear of what to pray. But we have the advocate. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside who then intercedes through us prayers that we didn't know that we were praying and with the ability to pray directly into the situation that we knew nothing about. That's the power of the Holy Spirit present in our life. I want us to look at a number of scriptures first and then we're going to develop this a little bit more. In John chapter 16, I'm going to rattle through these quite quickly, so be prepared. John 16 verse 7 says this, Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Say advantage for me. Something that's of advantage is better than what we once had. If this is going to be an advantage to you, it's better than what you're walking with right now. And here, Jesus is saying, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the parslet, or the paraclete, the paraclete will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So here, there's something very powerful Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's saying, look, you know, in John, we know John 13, 14, 15, 16, and the high priestly prayer of Jesus in, Jesus, uh, in John 17, uh, his last words around the table on the, at the last supper, he's saying, look, you need to know this. This is so important. If you walk in these things, if you walk in the knowledge of these truths, this is what his last words to them were. 
You know, if you've ever been with someone and they, you've heard their last words, they are usually either the most important things they want you to remember or something that they live by for, for their life. Here, Jesus is saying, you need to know these words. And he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. So the coming of the Holy Spirit was for our advantage. It was for our good. Jesus was saying, the Holy Spirit or the paraclete, he will be in your life everything that Jesus was. But what he is now is not one person. He is present in all of us, all of the time, not just when Jesus came to town, but he is in your life, he's in my life. Wherever we go, we carry him and the power that he walked with into our daily situations. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Spirit of God alive in our hearts. Then he goes on in in Acts chapter 1. Acts 1 verse 5, for John John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power, dunamis, dynamite power, power that exceeds your own ability, the ability to do what only God could do through you. It's the dunamis, the dynamite power of God. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Then in Acts 2 verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many were filled? All. The 120 that were in that room, men, women, and possibly children, we don't know. But we know 120 men and women were in that upper room, and they were all filled, not just the 12 disciples, not just the apostles, but they were all filled. There are some who say, oh, the Holy Spirit died out with... I don't think so. He's part of the Trinity. He died out, or he went back to heaven, or he left the earth... At the moment that Jesus was crucified, no, he's still present. The Holy Spirit came and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. What were these other tongues? Well, we know what these other tongues were in this moment. In this moment, they went out of the upper room. They began to preach the gospel to everybody that was around them. Every tribe, tongue, and nation that was there, they spoke the word of God so that they could hear it. It wasn't a learned tongue. It was a gift given, a supernatural empowerment by the Holy Spirit. And they went and spoke known languages that they had never learned. So this is a form of gift that God gave at that time. I remember uh, one time at a men's advance, Pastor Andy was given a, a word in tongues, and Miguel, who's from Argentina, stood up and said, Pastor Andy, you've just, I think it's Spanish, Spanish, Argentina? He just spoke, you have just spoke perfect Spanish in your praying in tongues. He hadn't, Pastor Andy hadn't learned English, not alone Spanish. <laughs> Forgive me, Pastor Andy, but... Uh, he, he left school before he was asked. He's, he's told that story many times. So, so he, he, he gave a word in tongues in Spanish. He never knew why. But Miguel was there and he knew every word that was spoken. And it was a God in empowerment for that moment. They were speaking languages 
They'd never learn. There's three areas of the gift of the Spirit in this particular area of tongues and speaking in heavenly languages. There's the gift of speaking in tongues. And when someone speaks in tongues, there should always be an interpretation. If the gift of tongues and the nine, that one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are spoken of in 1 Corinthians 12, if someone gives a word in tongues, there should always be the interpretation. That's one element of the gift of the Holy Spirit in that area of tongues. Then there's the gift of praying in the Spirit. Building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. There is another expression of what it means to pray with the Holy Spirit praying through us. And the third one is this. It is speaking with the tongues of men and of angels. So clearly when they were speaking at the day of Pentecost, they were Praying in tongues, they were using the gift of the Holy Spirit, but they were using the tongues of men, no nations around them, that they suddenly thought, oh, I recognize that tongue, that's my tongue, you're speaking, have you ever learned that? No, this is a gift of the Holy Spirit to do so. So the tongues of men and of angels. And there are three categories when you're talking about prayer languages. The gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of praying in tongues, and the gift of uh, speaking with the tongues of men and of angels. And then we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter replied, repent. You know, who was he talking to? He's got, remember, they've gone out into all these, to all these people, 3,000 of them. They preached the gospel. And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. How many of them? Every one of them. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you. Not just those in the upper room, not just the 120, not just the 12 disciples or the apostles. All of a sudden, the 120 get filled with the Holy Spirit. They go and preach to 3,000 people. And Peter is saying, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, you will receive the forgiveness of your sin and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. And for your children and for all those who are far off. Now that could be nations and areas. And for all whom the Lord our God will call. That counts me in. It counts you in. It counts us all in. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're called. You're separated. You're his. And therefore the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is yours. It was to them it was to their children, it was to those who were far off, and it's to those who are yet to be called. That's you and me. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to all believers. You know, when, you, when you think, he gave us the gift of salvation. He's also given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given us the gift of life. Oh, how, how, how it is that we neglect so great a salvation. How we neglect what we've been given. We've been given so much. If only we knew, if only we had the revelation. Again, I believe in prayer, as we pray, as we seek God, as we spend time with him, I believe we'll gain, we'll grow in revelation. We'll be suddenly become aware of how great this salvation is. How amazing this walk with God is. Oh, we live in a dark and, and awful world. That's full of corruption and full of evil and full of pain and hurt. But I'll tell you what, those who are called by God live in the light, not in the darkness. We live in the truth, not in the lies that have come before us. 
And I'll tell you, as we lift up the standard of God in this world, as we stand strong in our faith, incredible things will begin to work through our life to others. How do we receive the baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit? Simple. How did you receive salvation? Lord, save me. Simple as that. How do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Lord, fill me. So simple. See, God is not complicated. He even said through Jesus, he said, suffer the little children. That everyone would have the faith as a child. If only we would come before God as his children and stop complicating stuff. When I ask, if, even Jesus, when he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he said, if, 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 if a son asks you for a stone, will you, no, if a son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? He said, look, stop complicating this. If he asks for bread, give him bread. If he asks for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give him the Holy Spirit without measure. And just keep pouring on and pouring in and pouring through. John 7, verse 37. He said, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, who? How many? Anyone. So this is, this is always inclusive. It's including you. It's including me. It's including us today. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, we often think of, if I'm thirsty, give me a drink. Jesus wasn't talking about a glass of water. He wasn't talking about, yeah, if you're thirsty, I can give you something that's going to help you. When Jesus said this, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. If you are thirsty, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Come on, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for God? I tell you what, the, in this room this morning, I got rather thirsty. I don't always drink all my water in the morning. But when I, when I praise and worship like I do, I just, I just need a drink because I know I've got I've to get up here and preach as well. It's like, let's have a quick drink. But he's saying, I'm, I'm going to... See, the saltier that you are, the saltier you become, the more your thirst. Have a, have a Chinese one night, all right? Go to the local, uh, the local Chinese shop and have a, have a Chinese. The next morning, you'll be, I just need a drink. Yeah, has anyone else have that experience or was it just me? So, oh, that was nice last night, but um, I know you really need a drink now. See, the saltier we become, the more thirsty for him we become. The closer we come to him, the thirstier will be more for him. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, he who believes in me. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Again, Jesus wasn't talking about, you know, I often pray for people and I lay my hands on this, their tummy, the men anyway. I lay my hands on their tummy and I say, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I'm not talking about, you know, a bladder issue or any, anything. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the anointing of God to flow from your heart, that the power of God moves and, and there's this, this gush of life coming from you. And then Jesus qualifies it. He said, but he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him 
would receive. This is again one of those all-inclusive. Those who believe in him will receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Receiving the Holy Spirit in your life ought to be a game changer. Let that thought sink in your heart. Receiving the Holy Spirit in your life ought to be a game changer. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater. He didn't say, the works that I do, your pastor will do, and greater works will he do. He said, this is for us, all of us. The works that I do, See, that's why I think having the Holy Spirit live in Holy Spirit conscious, God inside aware is a game changer in all of our lives. Because he said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will share the good news and they will come to know the truth and the truth will set them free. It isn't platform ministry. If you are alive and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are in ministry. You may go to work, but you can be at work as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you are. And if your employer is sick, you can go to him and say, I know someone who can heal you. And it's not my GP because you'll have trouble getting hold of him. I've got someone right here, right now, living in me, and I'm going to release the power of the Holy Spirit over your life. Come on, they, they believed this in their day, didn't they? They believed this in the book of Acts. They, 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 they lived their life just seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. They, they, they were busy about their day, going off to the hour of prayer. And, and as they went and got there, there was someone who disturbed them. Now, they could have been really sort of frustrated. Just leave me alone. I want to go to the house of prayer. And sometimes that's how we can be. We're just so desperate to get to our next meeting or our next part in life, whatever, whatever that may look like. And we miss those in the way, those who are a part of the journey, those who are crying out for answers and don't know where to find it. You are their answer because Christ lives in you. Let me tell you something. You have the game changer living in your life. A game changer living in your life. Are you drawing on the game changer in your life? Are you drawing, Holy Spirit, beginning of your day, Holy Spirit, come fill me, lead me, guide me in the way that you want me to go. Flow through me in any way you want to. If we didn't need the Holy Spirit to be a Christian, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come. But we need the game changer. We need, we need Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit living in us, doing the works that he did when he walked the earth. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just... Game changer. I guess it's like someone grabbing hold of my, fa- my van and, and putting a supercharged engine in it and then me sitting at the, at the, at the curb um, at give way and I've got this young boy racer sat next to me and I think, yeah, right... And I've got a game changer engine on the inside. You think you're fast in your little car. <laughs> my, my big van. We've got a game changer on us. 
we got the one who was and is and is to come living and abiding on the inside. Going from the aspect of praying, we can now pray perfect prayers. Every one of us in this room, when you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, we need to pray with our understanding, absolutely. But when we have the Holy Spirit living and abiding within us, we can pray perfect prayers. Prayers that your flesh may not want to pray. Like, you've just had an argument with your husband and the Holy Spirit's praying through you, but you say, I'm not going to forgive him, not until he comes to me. I'm not going to do his dinner tonight. <laughs> I'm not going to provide for, for her to go away and have a pamper night. And the Holy Spirit just begins to move and you begin to speak in tongues and you're praying, Lord, bless them, Lord, bless them. You don't know you're praying that, but you're, you're blessing them because you're praying in the Spirit. You, you, do you know what? When we pray for our boss, it's really hard sometimes. And, you know, I, say, I can't say that, Pastor Andy. When I, had a, an, when I was in employment, praying for my boss was really hard. He, he was horrible, naturally. He was a horrible guy. And I didn't really see eye to eye with him in, on a lot of things. But it was very, very hard for me to pray for him. But I prayed in the Spirit. Because I knew by praying in the Spirit, I bypassed my flesh. And I allowed the Spirit of God to pray for him prayers that I would never have prayed out of my flesh. Now, I needed to bring my flesh into agreement. Absolutely. But when it's so hard or when you don't know how to pray, you don't know... You don't know how to piece it together. You don't know how to articulate those prayers. You have an advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will pray through and for you in these situations. Let me read this scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. <clears throat> it says this in verse 2. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue. Okay, if it's an unknown tongue, it's not known by anybody, yeah? If it's, if it's kikugu, or however you pronounce it, or the other one, which is chi, tree. I thought it was a tree. I did, I did look up the pronunciation. I thought, if I say tree, it's gonna, people think I'm talking about trees. But it's not talking about other nationalities and languages that we've all learned. It's talking about unknown languages, unknown tongues. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue. So this is different from the day of Pentecost of what they were speaking because everybody around them heard them in their own language. Here it's talking about an unknown tongue. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So when we're praying in the Spirit, we have no idea. When we pray in tongues and there's an interpretation, we do. So this is different to that as well. This is us praying in the Holy Spirit, an unknown tongue, only known by God and in relationship with God. Do you know what? When you pray in your understanding, the devil can hear your prayer. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it's not known by anybody, by one, and that's God. 
So if there's things that you don't know what to pray about or how to pray about or it's so painful to pray about, pray in an unknown tongue and God will hear and God will move. Amen? Amen. I'm going to bring this into a close because we have run out of time. By praying in our heavenly language, we pray prayers based... We don't pray prayers based on what we want or feel we need, but rather exactly what God knows is best. Let me say that again. By praying in our heavenly language, we don't pray prayers based on what we want or how we or or feel we need, but rather we ask for exactly what God knows is best. God knows best. Let that be a revelation. God knows best. And when we pray in that unknown tongue, he knows how to answer that prayer. Romans 8 verse 26. A a, a similar thing happens when we pray. We are weak and do not know how to pray. So the Spirit steps in and articulates prayers for us with groanings too profound for, for words, for natural understanding words. So praying in the Holy Spirit enables faith to be released from our heart. So how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By faith. How do we receive salvation? By faith. How do we receive answers to prayer? By faith. How do we live and move and and operate on this earth? By faith. But it's faith in the one who gives and gives and continually gives back into our life. There's another great reason to pray in the Spirit, and, and this is my second to last scripture. This is Jude, verse 20, says, But you, beloved, is he talking to you? But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. This is one of the ways which we build up holy faith. When we're believing for mountain moving, giant defeating faith in our life, we build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to finish with this last scripture. And it's Paul's encouragement to the church. Um, It's the church back then. And if we believe that scripture is given by God, I believe it's the scripture that Paul encourages us to live for and by today as well. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. And he says this, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. He, sp- he spoke then in tongues more than you all. Yeah, I, I don't know how he knew that. Maybe by revelation as he's preaching and sharing with, ev- with everyone and said, I know, I know right now I'm praying in tongues more than you all. I, I can't stand here this morning and say, I know I'm praying in tongues more than you all. Paul did. Paul knew that. But what I'm going to encourage you to do is ask yourself a question. Am I praying in tongues more today than I did last week, last year, last 10 years? Am I praying in the Spirit more than I have ever done before? Or have we, have we allowed things to cloud and to just become more lukewarm? We've put things on the back burner, we've put things on the shelf and we've not pressed in. Only you know you and you know your walk with God and where your journey is. I want to encourage you to stir up the spirit within you. 
Stir up the Holy Spirit within you. Come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. Because you got a lion inside of those lungs. You got a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. He lives within us. Come on, my soul. David had to stir himself up over and over again. You see that in the journey of his life. Come on. Come on, my soul. Why are you downcast? Why are you struggling in this area? Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Come on. When? Where are you? Where am I in our journey? My house is going to be a house of prayer. And that's us collectively. But it is also us individually. Because you are a stone that builds his house. He's looking for you as an individual to be a person of prayer. And that collectively, we are the house of prayer. Have I got anything else I want to share? No. Other than, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or you've never spoken in tongues, we're going to collapse the table and we're going to pray for you this morning. Everybody else can do their teas and coffees and enjoy that moment and whatever you want to do. But we just want to pray this morning. I, don't, I can't preach a message like that and then say, oh, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> or so, however you received it. It's got to be a divine connection. It's got to be more. It's got to be a hunger and a thirst in the hearts of the people. Now, you may be here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or you're on a journey to discovering Jesus. I want to pray for you this morning. Because this is so real. The spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. Because the spiritual realm created and made the natural realm happen. You are a spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is more alive than your natural body. Some of you will say amen to that. And your soul, your spirit is more alive. But this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're walking around without a relationship with God. That is the most important thing that you need in your life. I want, to, I want us to pray and just want to encourage everyone to join me as we pray this morning. So let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads in an honor and respect before the Lord. And let us just pray this prayer, trusting that someone in this room is connecting with God, maybe for the first time or coming back to God in a real and passionate way. Jesus, I come to you. And I thank you for the gift. The gift of salvation. The gift of your Holy Spirit. And the gift of life. Thank you, Lord, that I am still here. Today I make a choice. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I, th I thank you for the work of the cross. That I was included. That you died for me. And you rose again. I receive you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. But I'm going to count to three. And if that's you today, and you're receiving Jesus into your heart, just pop up your hand as a faith statement, as a connect 
to you connecting to God. So I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask for a response from you. One, two, three. If that's you, just pop up your hand. You're saying, God, I want you to be alive and active in my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Is there anybody in this room? You say, yeah, that's, that's me. I know most of you. I know that's true for most of you, all of you in the room probably. Thank you, I see that hand. That's awesome. Is there anybody else in this room? It's, the penny's dropped, it's come alive. God's become real to you. There's one young man in the room that's responded. Anybody else? Going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Father, I thank you in this room here today. You have been so present. And we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for the great times of praise and worship. We thank you for your presence here. But Father, I pray that the game changer that you've given into us as the Holy Spirit who's alive and active in our life, I pray, Father, that the game changer, game changer in each of our lives, that we would draw on your power and your presence. And Father, we would be so conscious of the game changer on the inside. Holy Spirit, we lean and rely on you. Let the rivers of living water burst forth from within our life and let it overflow on those around us. Father, we're not content for a room that's nearly full. We're believing for a bigger venue. We're believing for gospel to be impacted by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we pray your will be done and your kingdom come in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Fantastic. So feel free, um, open up the shutters, go and have tea and coffee. Um, myself, Pastor Coombe, Camille, Jane, um, we'll be over here and we're just going to pray for anybody for the, who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues and um, receive the fullness. God bless you all. Have an amazing week.